This TFMR podcast is brought to you by your friends at JM Bullion. Visit jmbullion.com for all your gold and silver bullion needs. Well, greetings out there to everybody at TFMR. It is Thursday, December the 8th, and we're getting close to the end of the year. This may be your last Thursday conversation. We'll just have to see. And if it is your last Thursday conversation, then who better to bring in as a guest than my old friend, Dr. Quentin Henney. Many of you are familiar with Quentin. He is world-renowned geologist, also a director and technical advisor at Crescent Capital in Denver. That is a uh, money management firm, or even I have a little money. I decided they can do a lot better job of it than I can, um, and I'm and so I'm pleased to associate with them. But anyway, Quentin, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a heck of a year, hasn't it? It sure has, Craig. It's a pleasure to be here, but it's also a good time, I think, to talk about some some fun stuff coming up. Well, you know, and I think you probably feel as I do on the macro picture. You know, we've kind of come out the the long end of the tunnel at this point, if that's the right way to put it. Um, because, you know, if we can get to where the Fed starts to pivot and there's interest in the sector again, we could probably have some fun. Is that kind of, you know, as you look at the sector in general, is that kind of how you see it too for next year? Yeah, look, I, I'm not going to profess to be a macro expert. Uh, I, I leave that kind of stuff up to Kevin and Tavi, but um, I, I would agree. I mean, that's what these guys kind of, their their drumbeat right now is that, that we we are turning on those uh, fundamentals. And I think, I think we're going to see, it's not just that, Greg. I think we're going to see uh, an even more pointed phenomena develop here because of the, of the the shortage of capital that's gone into the exploration side and the development side. Okay. Mm-hmm. So really it's that part that I, that keeps motivating me and my career is that I, I can see that we just haven't spent enough money on exploration and, and developing minds and, and really even fostering the next generation of geologists and engineers. So yeah, that means we're going to have metal shortages, but it also means there's a lot of value that's going to be created here. Well, and that's part of the story too. Uh, I know people here on my side, we've been tracking not just silver, but uh, copper. I saw Glencore came out yesterday talking about uh, real big copper shortage issues coming next year. I mean, again, all of this could start to follow along with what you just mentioned about underinvestment, maybe malinvestment in some regards in the in the sector, leading to shortage of supply, shortage of qualified geologists, shortages of everything. Um, it has been though, Quentin. I just, I it doesn't seem that long ago. You know, time flies as you get older. I I recall sitting having a cup of coffee with you in Denver in like February. And it was about the time the Iraq War or the Iraq War, jeez, the Ukraine War. I'm dating myself there, huh? Um, about the time that was all getting started, late in February, and I, we had no idea what this year. You know, at that point. Prices were still high, you know, and they were talking about the Fed hike and all that kind of stuff. And so now we've had this year, and and I I have, and I know probably a lot of folks have kind of ridden a number of stocks down, and some have come back nicely. But there's, man, there are some companies out there, Quentin, that are, I, I mean, they still have great resources, they're still in great jurisdictions, there's they still have all this potential, but yet they've been cut by 70, 80, 90%. So how does someone, like in what, what you talk about, um, uh, with Tavi and Kevin, how do you look at a company that has been, you know, washed out and it, run, it runs a risk of running out of money? 
how do you pick out the good ones from those and try to see this is where we want to plant a flag this is where we want to go back in and you know buy it cheap you know i i always look at uh, the same kind of fundamentals no matter what kind of market it, you know we have and it it's probably more applicable even right now is you know i look at the uh nature of the the exploration work they're doing like what are they targeting you know is this something that's going to be world class is it going to be something that you know could could absolutely knock it out of the park so that's top criteria criteria uh next i look at the team you know do they have a team that is is technically capable or uh you know if, if they're maybe lacking certain you know skill sets or whatever you know are they agreeable to to work with us or with me to try to find additional people for their team or or you know additional expertise like geophysical expertise or geochemical expertise and things like that so uh, you know i i still go back to the fundamentals but I guess right now, one of the things I I am looking at are companies that did kind of uh, see as as this kind of melees developed. They they saw that there was going to be a protracted period here where it would be good to conserve cash, and uh, I, we have a number number of companies in our portfolio even that really hunkered down and they protected their cash. They it's not to say they went dormant necessarily. But they, they reduced their spend and and uh, they you know spent their money more in a more focused approach, okay. And that that I consider a good thing. Companies that do that, like if you look at them and how they behaved over the past few months in this very very uh, desperate time, if they were very conservative and watched and and you know protected their their value their treasury, uh, but also you know with the notion that creating shareholder wealth is not going out and spending a lot of money uh, at a time like this, you know, those, those are the companies I, uh, I admire. Now, now that said, you know, the caveat is there are companies that are on the bona fide discoveries and, you know, in the middle of the field season in a market like this, you know, it's hard to, hard to stop drilling if you're into uh, what appears to be a major discovery. So, you know, it's not, I, I shouldn't say that's exclusively what I look at, but I do like the ones that, that watch their pennies, and uh, can now come out of the gate. They have a treasury that they can now kind of resume as the market turns around. They can resume their their work and their you know regain their momentum. And and those are usually the ones that succeed the most when the market turns around. In a way, you kind of led me right into newfound gold as we uh, record this on the eighth. I mean, there's been so much good news lately, uh, and I know you're deeply involved and an expert on what's going on up there and what the potential is. But then in the classic sense, I mean, bang, here comes another private placement because they need the cash because they're so actively drilling and proving it out. And, and the stock falls 20%. <laughs> so, yep. so many people pull their hair out and stuff like that. Um, let's at least, though, talk about that, what they have up sure. there, because look, I know you're so well-versed in it. Yeah, look, it. You know, I'm not a director of Newfound at this point. I I stepped aside so I could make more time for commitments to uh, to Crescat a few months ago. Uh, but I I keep up with the story, you know, and I I know exactly you know what they're facing um, in terms of you know balancing decisions around expiration and what they're seeing, you know, in their drilling. And and the need for money, and you know, it has been a slug. I mean, the the share price has been 
beaten back from I think to the peak around thirteen or fourteen dollars back down to around five or six. Yeah, it's a struggle. Okay, but when you know you're on to uh, a brand new discovery, and in, the, in addition to what you already recognize, like the the Keats Zone and the other uh, zones to the north, the Lotto and, and Golden Joints and so forth, when you know they knew that was there, they knew then they've been drilling those off systematically, right? And and their plan was drilling four hundred thousand meters to get to a resource stage. But here comes this new discovery in the, the West Keats area. So mm-hmm. this is west of the Appleton Fault. And they had an absolutely remarkable uh, result. And I don't have it right in front of me, but it was around 42, 43 grams, something like that, over uh, a core length of about 32 meters. Now, why that's so important is because that is an area that was no was previously, uh, how should we say, perceived as non-prospective okay okay uh it was west of the appleton fault and most of the exploration that's been done in the region has looked at the the appleton fault as a barrier to finding you know more gold basically uh but these guys just proved that's that's complete and utter bs they they found what could be a replicate or even an extension of the keats system on the other side of the fault and they said hey wait a minute we need to ramp up things okay so i remember having a brief discussion with colin cattell uh shortly after that news came out and i said so does this mean you know you're going to cap your you're drilling at four hundred thousand meters and and he said look uh you know with this new discovery they've got to to pursue it this is a quantum leap for the company this could basically uh you know catalyze a, a huge amount of growth for them. So mm-hmm. I I can sympathize with, with their need for more money. Uh, they do have a lot of drills turning. They got, got a lot of geologic staff on site to, to keep up with all the drills. So they, they're spending money, but uh, it's worth it. This is going to be one of those stories that pays off. It is the highest grade and, and a very, very significant size gold discovery in Canada for many decades, probably you know, probably since Hemlo, I'll call it. You know, I I do think it's going to be a very very good ending for the company. One that I I know that that I've followed. I know it's in my portfolio at Crescent is Labrador. I know there are a couple of others in the neighborhood up there. That's right. Lab Gold's right next door. They're uh, north on the Keats, or excuse me, on the Appleton Fault corridor. So they're they're just to the north of where Newfound has been drilling aggressively now for about two years. And Lab has had uh, a very high grade intercepts, often narrower. You know, they're about a meter or two typically, but they are of similar nature. They're high grade, and you know, looking at the photos of the court, they show very stark similarities to what they're seeing down at Newfound. So, my view of Lab is that you know they they don't have fourteen rigs going. Okay, they've they've kept their rig count. Uh, down, I think they have maybe two rigs going or something like this. So they're not quite as aggressive. But in my view, uh, Lab has you know a cat by the tail. They're they're basically part of that same system, and they simply need to to find a place where a lot of structures have come together and produce something more like the Keats Zone. I think it's there. I'm very confident it's there, given the the grades and nature of the gold they're seeing. But it's just going to take some more work. Unfortunately, I I'm pretty sure they have a pretty good treasury. To keep drilling. It sounds to me, um, 
And I, I know the financial stuff isn't, you know, necessarily your bailiwick. You leave that up to Tavi and Kevin and the rest, but you, you're kind of, there's all these bargains out there that have come about because of what has happened in the last 12 months, but it's almost like you really got to it's even do more of your own personal homework because you can, you can recognize, you know, what, Oh, wow, this is a great looking company with the resource. Wow. The drill results, all that kind of stuff. But man, if you got to then dig into their financials too, don't you to really get a feel if they're going to make it. Absolutely. If, if they don't have the cash right now, uh, when, when it comes time to, you know, kind of reset, you know, hit the reset button and get going again, they're going to have to raise cash and, and at a discount. Now that, that provides opportunity. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, you know, it's the end of the world, uh, but you know, they, they're going to be better off if they already have a, a decent treasury to get started because they can get, uh, you know, get some momentum going and then raise, raise money at a higher price. It's usually those companies that kind of have to go back and do desperation raises, you know, right. three cents or something that, that struggle. They struggle because they, they end up diluting the story. People get very irritated with them and you have a lot of unhappy shareholders and, and the story just never kind of, you know, gains momentum or crystallizes for investors again. Not to say, you know, it's not necessarily always the case, but uh, more often than not, yeah, I think we see that. that cash, is, cash is king in a time like this. And, you know, and so then you look at it, um, you guys are one of the, you know, there are not a whole lot of companies that are in there that are actively looking to to place money and get involved at that level. Um, I, I, I Obviously, it's slowed down over the course this year and nobody was doing anything. Are you sensing on a kind of a broad sense um, the interest is picking up yep. in the yep. sector? Yes, it is. I can, but it's it's interesting how it's starting to come around, okay? Um I talked to a, a very good friend of mine, broker uh, who I've known for many years, and he said the amount of money showing up from U.S. investors uh, into the the junior mining sector is is shocking. Like it, there's a ton of money coming his way. Uh, he also sees European investors uh, having a lot of interest too. I think uh, you know I talked to the gals that uh, run the Precious Metal Summit over in Zurich last night, and they. They said they had the best show ever. Okay, so those those two, uh, you know, areas definitely seen a lot of interest in in investing into your money. But he said, he said the the interest from ca- the Canadian side is very very low, which is interesting. So hmm. he said there is not an upbeat view in Canada around investing. So, you know, I hope the Canadians uh, come around here. Don't know exactly what's driving that. Maybe they just see their own economy struggling i don't know but uh u.s investors are definitely optimistic in the commodity space a uh, trudeau has just crushed their spirit up there i think quentin i think that's maybe that's it i would agree <laughs> <laughs> oh that guy well anyway all right i i want to be respectful of your time but i had opened uh, the floor this morning to anybody that wanted to send me a, a name that you might be familiar with just to get a quick update can i run some names past you and just get some kind of brief overview certainly well, I, I I know for just from talking to you in the past, uh, since COVID in particular, uh, you've had staffing and logistic issues, uh, just been driving you crazy with Novo. Can you give everybody just an update there? Yeah, look, uh, Novo, we we mine the oxide resource uh, fairly quickly. Unfortunately, you know, due to dilution, it did not play out like what we had hoped. I think the size of the mill was a big factor. Now, basically trying to keep that mill full was a challenge. Now, we also face huge challenges with personnel. 
the demand for people in Australia, especially Western Australia, was huge during the resource boom. And they had the COVID lockdown until I think August of this year. You know, it was a struggle to try to keep staffing in, in place, you know, and in particular, some of the critical areas like grade control and stuff. So that was another very, very hard uh, challenge that the company faced. But then the other one, costs. I mean, the costs absolutely skyrocketed. Sure. The, the cost of just about everything, not just wages, but fuel, everything, cyanide, you know, lime, whatever, you name it, it's it went up dramatically. And and they really did get away. I mean, like right now in Australia, I hate to say, but the economics of gold mining, especially open pit, low grade gold mining, is is struggling. Okay. It's not just us, but there are there are a lot of companies that in this cost environment are having a heck of a time. Now yeah. we have shifted to expiration and I think we have some very good uh, numbers coming out of our area that run the, near the Hemi Discovery, which is the gray. Uh, but at this better area, we've been exploring through air cord drilling, and we're starting to see some very interesting results. And we have have a lot of things to look forward to. So we're taking our remaining cash, which is a little over $50 million, and using it carefully to explore for, for new discoveries. All right. Uh, I see these next two. I always pair these two together in my mind because uh, they always show up alphabetically in my portfolio, one below the other. How about Aloro and SK? Well, I'll tell you, Aloro uh, is onto a world-class system. There's no question. I talk, I'm talking about it on Friday. We do the videos, and whenever they yeah. have a drill uh, announcement, you know, I have an updated 3D model. Did this last week, showed the world. If you can't understand that Aloro is onto a, a, basically a world-class a silver zinc lead tin system, you know, you, you shouldn't be investing in mining. It is an extraordinary story. I think that once they come out with their initial mineral resource estimate in March is what I'm being told, it should be north, my guess, north of a half billion tons. Uh, I think it will have, uh, you know, about maybe three, four ounce silver equivalent grades. So what does it mean? Probably about 25, 35 grams silver, maybe one and a half to 2% combined zinc lead and maybe 0.12 to 0.18% tin. Okay. Tin is a very important component, but yeah. it is an extraordinary ore body that has, uh, will have a huge amount of value. It's the kind of deposit that can make a lot of money. There's a mine nearby St. Cristobal, which has been operating for about 18 years and has absolutely made tons and tons of money. So this is going to be the next. And then SK, SK, has been uh, they they spent the summer exploring for new VMS occurrences within the property. And so uh, over the past two years, the drilling is focused at TB and Jeff. This year, the company stepped out. They drilled north of of Jeff. They drilled south of TB, but they also tested new areas, and this includes the area up in the northeast part of the property called the uh, the Scarlet Ridge. Scarlet Valley, Scarlet Knob, and Tarn Lake area. It's kind of a cluster of VMS occurrences up in that area. Now, mm -hmm. the company has not got full assays for uh, holes yet. They haven't got them out yet, uh, but I think soon they'll have enough, you know, completeness of assays that they can announce uh, the first news release of results probably in the next week or so. I think be certainly before Christmas. My my bet is, given everything they've they've seen and they've talked about in the news releases while they were drilling, I think that they will see multiple new discoveries of VMS pop up, and I think this could be a, have a very good uh, story that complements what Skeena is now doing. They're they're advancing the SK Creek deposit towards production, 
and we have what could be the the you know remaining parts of that system. Uh, in fact, we might have the lion's share of it. Okay, so I think SK is an excellent story that's going to benefit from all the hard work that the team put in this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aloro's in uh, Bolivia, right? Isn't that right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Aloro's in in southern Bolivia. SK, of course, is up in the Golden Triangle of BC. Yep. So that they're only associated because alphabetical order. Alphabetical right. by height. All right. Um, let's see. A couple of just others. Uh, Snowline is one that we've discussed before. What's going on there? Oh, my goodness. Well, everybody that knows me knows that Snowline is one of my favorite gold stories ever. I, can, I mean, just hands down. It's it's one of the most remarkable discoveries I've seen. It is uh, what we call a Tentina or tombstone type gold occurrence. It's associated with an intrusion that came up. And basically, it creates a stockwork of veining that produces a, a fairly broad and somewhat uniform, actually, uh, gold endowment. And, you know, you can think of it like like a porphyry almost. Like it's it's very similar in nature to a porphyry deposit in that it's going to produce a huge tonnage of fairly, you know, equal grades, we'll call it. And I think this system is extraordinarily, extraordinarily big compared to most systems of this type. I think this one stands a chance of being a few tens of millions of ounces. Now, it's early days. Uh, I think the drilling they did this year was exceptional. It was a, a very well-thought-out strategy to drill wide space holes, recognizing that the system has this kind of, you know, bowl of soup type nature to it, like it's uniform over, over a big area. So the wide space drilling should give, it won't get bring a resource just yet, I don't think, but it'll give us a clear picture of what we might expect out of this system, Okay. And I think an initial resource, once they do get enough drilling in, will be uh, absolutely jaw-dropping to to the Canadian market. Yeah, this is the biggest discovery of gold since Hemlock, absolutely. And you know, I I know that the majors are very interested in this because uh, last night I talked to a friend of mine in one of the major mining companies, and and he was bemoaning the fact that uh, Crescat owns. Uh, you know, a 20 odd percent of the, the project. In other words, they know they're going to have to pay up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that, again, that just shows how much confidence you guys have. Um, how about these two? And then we're all, we'll wrap up with one more Goliath. And then I remember talking to you last year, year before about a company called blue lagoon. Okay. I'll do both of those. All right. Goliath. Look, uh, Goliath had a very successful drill season. They, they really did accomplish all the meters they set out to do, uh, and and more so. So, like so they, I, I can't remember the exact number of drill holes they completed, but it was a lot of drills, and they basically tested a, the footprint of the system over about a 1.6 square kilometer area. And what's really interesting is uh, the the system is proving to be a little more complicated. It's not simply one planar, uh, you know, shallowly dipping vein that that. Uh, we thought last year, it's proving to be a stacked vein system, which is really exciting. Um, there's potential here now for what I think could be a, a bigger gold deposit because you do have stacked veins and they're seeing some very, very high grades pop up. Now, the other thing they found is that uh, there's a, a vertical feeder structure that they appear to have tagged into that might have actually fed the more flat lying type veins. And that's intriguing in itself because uh, we did not, or they did not recognize that last year. They did not uh, see that as 
a potential feeder. But now I think we we have a handle on where that feeder is. And some of the more extraordinary grades and intervals they've actually re released so far come from that feeder zone. All right. So I think the the system is going to prove to be a multi-million ounce. It's a it's a gold polymetallic system. So it's got gold, silver, and then it's got a bit of zinc and lead, a hmm. little slip of copper, but it's going to be a fantastic deposit. Done enough metallurgy, we can see that it's going to produce uh, Doré on site, very clean uh, concentrate products that can be shipped. It's an amazing deposit that's, you know, absolutely, you know, perfect nature uh, of metallurgy and so forth to develop in the Golden Triangle without, probably without use of cyanide. So I, I think it's going to have an amazing ending. And uh, Blue Lagoon? Yes, Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon has been... This is one of the companies, like I mentioned earlier, that kind of pulled in their horns, recognizing the market yeah. was soft. Yeah. And they they decided to ramp down from one rig, or sorry, from two rigs to one rig. And in doing so, they did save cash. I talked to the team, I think about a week ago, it was right around Thanksgiving. Uh, and they they said they have three, three and a half or four million, I believe, in the bank, which is really good to hear. I was very happy to hear that. But they also told me that with the one rig, they've uh, been doing systematic drilling that tests the newly discovered uh, uh, structure that that they think could be a replicate of the, the uh, you know the, the Dome Mountain property has multiple structures, but the main main vein uh, is replicated to the south of of it, and it's in a probably in a parallel structure. And they can now see that this structure is very continuous over a long, long strike length. I think he said uh, it's about four times, excuse me, it's about twice as long as they, they previously recognized and about twice as deep as they previously recognized. So basically what he's saying is the, the resource, if you took that resource, which is about a quarter million ounces, very high grade, I think it's about 15 grams or so, you can replicate it like four times just mm -hmm. on that one vein it's like wow okay this is this is going to yeah. work for them. i think even though they've been quiet here i think they're going to have a very good outcome as they they emerge back you know into the market once the the gold price picks up here i'm going to ask you one more just for fun because i remember when we were uh sharing that cup of coffee back in february you told me about black rock silver and how they had done a placement and you guys wanted a part of it and eric came in and bought the whole damn thing and so I thought, well, that's good enough for me. And I, on, I stand yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he too. did that. He did that too. Yeah, that was in November of, uh, I think it was November 2021, if I remember. About a year yeah. ago? Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, they had some had, good results. They have had some good results. Uh, they've, you know, finally started expanding their exploration around Tonopah, more to the west there. And, you know, they've had some good, good numbers. I, you know, I, I wish they would have done that a little bit earlier. I think putting on a resource at where they were was maybe a little premature. I wish they would have uh, stepped out and drilled some more holes because in this market, you know, it's just like, well, you might yeah. as well, you know, do that kind of work right now while everything's quiet and then worry about a resource when the market is better. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Now, they did put out some numbers here recently up at Silver Cloud, which is uh, far to the north. It's actually north of Battle Mountain area. And uh, they had a really good intercept. I think it was 50 odd grams of gold and, and high-grade silver in a vein uh, in an area that really hadn't seen much uh, historic drilling. So, you know, kudos to them. They got got a new hit, maybe a new discovery. All right. So let, let's wrap this up by uh, plugging 
what you do and what Crescott does because uh, I wised up, well, no, that's kind of a stretch, Quentin. That would imply that I've gotten smarter. Uh, I had a great idea uh, about a year and year and a half ago. I thought, I'm why? I, there's so many companies out there. I can't possibly do all this homework and I can't know when to buy or sell them. So I think the minimum, and it is it only U.S. customer, U.S. based people that can access that that uh, separately managed account. Do you know that? Um, that's a good question. I don't know about the SMAs. I, right. I it is U.S., but uh, I'll, I'll make sure to check. Well, that's what I set up, and I just went to the Crescat website, and it, at the time it was only twenty five thousand dollars was a minimum. So I would, uh, again, you know these people, you know Quentin, you know Tavi. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever spoken with Kevin, but nonetheless, you I mean, you guys are good people and you do good work. So I want to encourage everybody to, to go to the Crescott site and check that out. See if that's something that could help you ahead of what could be a dynamite year next year. But you also reference Quentin, how does every, is there, are you, do you guys post those, uh, Crescott gets activist videos. You do those every Friday. We sure do. Yeah, we post them uh, immediately after they air. The young lady who is in charge of that, you know, tries to bookmark them or whatever it's called, you know, so people can find stuff. Uh, but yeah, we post it every single week and, uh, you know, we're getting more and more viewers. So that, please. Uh, YouTube? Subscribe. Yep. YouTube. You can okay. find the link on our website. You can go straight to YouTube. Type in Crestcat. There you uh, go. And then subscribe. And every time one of those babies hits, there's some essential watching for your weekend as you stay on top of this. Cause as Quentin said, I mean, this is, there's some credible bargains out there and a lot of progress has been made over the last 12 months, but man, it's just been brutal. So this is where you really got to know uh, what you're doing. If you're going to maximize your potential coming out of this and uh, working with a company like Crescat is about, about this, one of the smartest things you can do. Uh, Quentin, it's always great to visit with you. I want to thank you for your time and uh, man, just keep going out there and breaking some rocks for us and letting us know what you find. All right, Greg, will do. Thanks. And from all of us here at TFMR, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll have another one of these Thursday conversations for you sometime very soon. Mm-hmm.